Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to the Kinda Funny Games cast. Of course, I am Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing Adioye Jr. Good day to you, Tim. The big daddy himself, Greg Miller. Hi, Tim. I like your shirt. Thank you very much. Pretty cool. I got it for This Is Awesome. They sent it to me and I was like, yeah, it's actually a great shirt. So I just kept wearing it. I like it. I like it. And rounding out the group today, of course, it is IGN Cross Kinda Funny Extra Life Week. So we had to continue that fun train rolling. It's Cat Bailey. Hi, Tim. How you doing, Kat? I didn't know we're clapping. I didn't know we're clapping. <laughs> the disrespect from Greg Miller. He doesn't clap at all. I like your Greg. I like your shirt too, Greg. Thank you very much, Kat. How you doing? I'm doing great. I've been playing way too many video games. Haven't we all? Mm. That's yeah. kind of been the, the fun of all this. Real quick, actually, before I even get into the rigmarole and all this, I need to give a shout out because there's so many games to play right now. Of course, Mario Wonders out, Alan Wake. We're going to talk about those two. We're going to talk about some other things. Thirsty Suitor. Woo! Really excited about that as well. Um, but I needed to like pause everything to like just give an update to the world out there because while there's so much to play, okay, somehow there is again. more. Somehow there is more. This weekend, Eli at Real SF Treat tweeted at me and was like, Tim, I think we found the follow-up to Amplitude that we've been waiting for. There's a game called Spin Rhythm uh, XD that I have never heard of that came out on Switch last week. And just looking at the, the gameplay footage of it, I was like, something about this is right up my alley. So I, I downloaded it, and I couldn't stop playing. I must oh. have played this thing for like six hours this weekend, and that was like tearing myself away from all the other games to play. But it's essentially like a, it's, I would say it's more DDR-like than anything, especially in presentation. You open it up, there's an over the top announcer you hear the like the people cheering and all the stuff it's very very konami bamani uh, uh vibes but i have not played a rhythm game that i'm like oh this is it like they they did the damn thing uh that was original in so long and this is definitely it this is gonna be my new forever plane game like i'm gonna like mm. just be playing this on the plane all the damn time on a on the soundtrack they got Ooh. some two bell they got hyper potions it is just it's a banger. Everyone should check it out. And thank you so much for the recommendation there, Eli. I appreciate it. Did not expect a rhythm game win this weekend, but that was that was super fun. You but don't get enough of them anymore. I really me. don't. I don't. You know what I mean? Now it always has to be, oh, it's a rhythm platformer. It's a rhythm RPG. Just give me a fucking rhythm game. You know, I just want to push buttons to the beat. Is that too much to ask? I'm with you. Hi-Fi Rush sucks. <laughs> I fucking oh, hate you, Greg Miller. You. I hate you so much. You know what I don't hate? video games there's so much things to love about them and we talk about that every single week right here on the kind of funny games cast of course you can get it on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com as a video if you want to get it as a podcast search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast and we will be right there for you if you want to go above and beyond you can go to yeah. patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers jedi master deadpool and delaney twining have done we appreciate you so very very much today we're brought to you by BetterHelp, but i'll tell you all about about that later we gotta talk about alan wake too we've been talking a lot about alan wake too 
but due to the review embargo when we actually got the game, we weren't able to give our full thoughts on Alan Wake 2 uh, as it was coming out. Greg, you've now beaten Alan Wake 2. I've beaten Alan Wake 2. Kat, you have now started Alan (laughs) Wake 2. Just started Alan Wake 2. What an opening, huh? Uh -huh. What, What? Bless. And I'm probably about halfway through Alan Wake, too. About 10 hours in. No, I'll start with you, Timothy Getty. Mm -hmm. I dragged your ass to the TV on Thursday to show you, or Friday, the very specific point in the game. Did this motivate you at all to play? It? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. The way you guys have been talking about it's already been motivated. It's surely a time thing at this point. Of course, like yeah, I'm playing play another rhythm, game rhythm, for review rhythm. stuff right now, so I couldn't do that. Like it's just hard. And then Spin Master XD came Spin out. It's hard, okay? Uh, no, I'm very, very interested in it. I'm not fully, fully sold because, like I keep saying, like I'm not into the the super weird artsy Twin Peaks type horror stuff. Sure, like, sure, sure. I like a little bit more cause and effect type shit. Um, but hey, it looks amazing. And what you showed me was honestly incredible and i my favorite thing is while you were showing us like greg pretty much slacked everyone was like hey if you don't think you're gonna play alan wake or like might want to see something to like sell you or not at 4 p.m i'm gonna like give a demo and greg straight up gave an e3 demo like greg sat there and like walked us through everything set the stage he's like so what we're about to get here blah 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 and then he shows us the thing i did it was slow pan and everything i'm telling you ladies and gentlemen out there in the development community if Kind of funny goes away one day. I hire me. I'll just I can sit there. I can do it. You know what I mean? You can do it. I, I have full faith, but I loved it because it felt that way. Yeah. But we didn't talk about that. And then I saw you tweet over the weekend. You're like, I gave an E3 presentation. I'm like, <laughs> you fucking did. It was awesome. Hell yeah. Anyway, yeah, Alan Way 2 looks incredible. So but now back to you then, Greg. Yeah. You've now beat this game. Sure have. You you beat did you beat Alan Wake Remastered going into this? No, remember we started it. I did a little bit more than half of it, and then review season caught up to us. You know, that window closed up pretty quick of when I had that week to play with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that you're done with Alan Wake 2, I'm just going to start here. Is this a game of the year contender? Uh, undoubtedly. I think so. Yeah. I think even when we were on PS, I love you. Right. And it was me, uh, Janet, uh, Paris and, and no, but yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, sorry. Well, you weren't doing it originally, which is what threw me off. Even there we were saying, you know, incomplete. I, I was like, I, I'm leaning five out of five. I don't see what could really go wrong. Nothing did. Nothing dissuaded me from that. Right. Paris already five out of five. Janet was four out of five. And we all even then were saying, yeah, this is in the running for game of the year. Having finished it, having seen everything else that there is in that game, still having more, you know, little mysteries to go off and do or whatever. Yeah, I, I think this is easily on the short list for game of the year, which is crazy in a year that is this jam-packed with, oh, this should be on the game of the year list. Are you planning on platinuming this one? You know, I don't think so. Uh, and, and what's tentative about it is they've said they're bringing a new game plus to it. I might wait and see what that is. Because when I beat it last night, then I went into, okay, all right, let's go, let's go look at the power picks guide. Are there missable trophies? There are. And so one of the ones I'm short on are these collectibles for Alan. And it's like, oh, I haven't gone through and actually cross-referenced, but it looks like it's probably from an earlier mission that I can't like easily go back and replay. So it's one of those how many other things like this are on the collectible list that I had to get in the moment. And so right now, obviously I'm onto the next review. There's no chance for me to sit there and, and replay it right now. Maybe when new game plus does, it does, but PlayStation portal, you know what I'm talking about? But this is now, this is one of my things. I was like, you know, I got that sexy new iPhone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the first thing I did was hit up backbone and say, can I have a sexy new backbone? Cause this is USB C now. And so my old lightning port one doesn't work. Ah. And sure enough, I got it playing it. You know how much I love my backbone. But when I, when Jen was like, Hey, come upstairs, you dweeb. I want to hang out with you, right? I was like, okay. And she was watching Grey's Anatomy and I sat down and I went to start my PlayStation and I was like, I refuse to play Alan Wake on this. Like, this isn't the way to play Alan Wake. So I just played more Diablo on it. So that's actually a great segue to, to you. You were saying you just booted it up and your first impressions were, damn, this game is beautiful. Yeah, I was kind of like you, Tim. I was like, I think I'm going to skip Alan Wake too because full disclosure, I'm not a big survival horror fan. I've played Resident Evil 4, that kind of thing. I respect horror. 
but Alan Wake 2 didn't seem like my kind of game, and I'm not that familiar with the Remedyverse games. Mm. And I was going to ask you, Greg, how much knowledge do I need to have of like control and Alan Wake 1 to really appreciate this game? They, I don't think you need all that. I think it helps out quite a bit. Like, you know, I, in, in wrestling terms, I was popping for a lot of stuff where it would pop. Like, oh, that. Oh, OK. And like, you know, I I, uh, I forget who I was talking to today. Maybe Barrett. No, for, no Roger, because Roger's super in, super in on it, too. And he's like, man, it makes me want to replay control. And I'm like, dude, that, that's the thing. I'm, like, I'm not going to really immediately restart Alan Wake 2 and try to go for these collectibles. I'm going to jump back to control. Because like this is like such a great reminder of where Remedy's verse is right now, right? I think after such a big break between Alan Wake and then Control to be there now and like oh my god, but it's like it gives you more context. It will remind stuff, but you can do what I think I did for Alan Wake One, which was play a whole bunch of it, sure. But then like okay, I've run out of time. Read the Wikipedia. Okay, oh that's what how it ends. Okay, great. And then went ball. I think you could read a Wikipedia on both of them and probably jump in. I will say Gamespot has a really good recap. Like that's what I had to do uh, this weekend. Where like as I got further into it. The way the game is formatted, right? Like you have your missions where you're playing as Soggy Anderson and then you have your missions where you start playing as Alan Wake, right? And they're both kind of doing their own separate narratives that are also part of the same narrative. And as I started getting further into the Alan Wake stuff, I had to stop and be like, I just have no idea what this is. Like, I don't know what he's doing here. I don't understand like what like the writing is doing to whatever's going on in this narrative. And to their credit, I think Soggy Anderson is supposed to be your gateway into this world, right? Like if you, you are going into this with pretty much the same amount of knowledge as she is, and so going into it with that, it's like, okay, cool. I, I kind of understand being in the dark as her character. But as I was doing the Alan Wake stuff, and as I want to keep doing the Alan Wake stuff, because it's been fascinating to see, like, you know, Greg, you did most of the Saga stuff and then pushed in the Alan Wake stuff. I think Roger played it the same way as well. I want to do them where I'm, like, doing a chapter of each sure. as I'm going, just to, like, get both sides of the story in conjunction. Um, but as I was doing the Alan Wake stuff, I was like, oh, I really need context for this. And I did, like, the GameSpot YouTube video that's, like, Alan Wake story in 13 minutes and listen to it. And I was like, oh, it makes perfect sense. Like that lines up with everything that's going on right now. Mm. It's actually not as complicated as I thought. It is complicated, but like once you listen to it, it's like, okay, it's simple. Like this is what the, this is what writing's doing. This is why he's here. All right, cool. Let's keep going. I was thinking earlier this year, Alan Wake 2 didn't seem to have a lot of hype in the run up to it. And so I thought, I wonder if this one's going to end up getting kind of lost in the mix. It reminds me a little bit of when Control came out. And I don't feel like that one got a ton of hype until suddenly, end of the year, everybody was like, I think this might be the best game of the year. <laughs> I think IGN gave game of the year uh, to control that year. And maybe Alan Wake 2 is one of those dark horse kind of situations. Slow burn, uh, word of mouth. I know that I ended up picking up Alan Wake 2 because the word of mouth was just that good. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I really respect, including you, Greg, Thanks, were like, yeah. This is this game's incredible, and it's maybe a game of the year contender. I was like, well, okay, I should I should play it then. And the first, I I will say, 10, 15 minutes are extremely disturbing. Uh, there's a very large man, and you're very much seeing his back, and a little more than that. And bad things happen to this poor man. I'm a uh, spoiler alert, but <laughs> like that's the that's the thing that got me in initially. Yeah. is like I'm picking. I did the preview for kind of funny, which is funny because like. I'm such not an Alan Wake person. Like I was in the similar boat as you where I wasn't, I, the only things, things that were bringing me into the idea of wanting to, to jump into Alan Wake 2 were hearing Greg talk about it at Summer Game Fest and then like, you know, doing the preview from both of those things. I was like, okay, yeah, this game seems cool. But me being not an Alan Wake person, you know, I'm starting up the game just to like see what it's about. And I do, I did not have the plan to play through it. Right. I just wanted to, to, to get a peek. And from the get go, yeah, like picking up that character and being like, oh, this is not starting where I thought I was going to start. And it being such a striking scene of what's going on and then that setting up the mystery and me immediately being like, 
oh, but I got to know what's up with this guy. <laughs> like, I think they give you the right questions early enough to where you're immediately invested in what's happening. And the thing I keep talking about is like, they keep giving me more questions to ask. And like, now I'm very fascinated about the answers. And now I'm far enough in the game where I have multiple theories about what's going on. And any of those theories could be accurate. Any of them could be like, you know, not even close to what's happening, but I really want to know because I think they, they do a good job of putting you in a place where in many narratives, I think it can be annoying to not have any frame of reference for, all right, but is any of this real or is all of this fake, right? Like that's a thing that doesn't really attract me in a story because I want to know like what the A to B to C plot points are, right? I want to be able to follow what's going on. I want, I want to be able to be invested without all of it just upending and not being, not actually being real. I think in this, it's everything. It's so weird to talk about this without like talking about the details, but enough of it is real enough. And even the parts that feel like, okay, maybe they aren't real. Maybe they are real. They're set up in a way where that stuff really does matter. Right? Like, if all of this is fake, it's to the narrative, right? If all of it is real, oh man, like that's also to the narrative. I'm very fascinated about where things are going to end up here. And that's also part of the whole mystery and the power of Cauldron Lake, right? Of like mm. making the fiction reality. And yeah. Is that permanent or is this this? And where, where are we in it in terms of real or fake and the way you go through the looking glass a few times on it? It's pretty impressive. Yeah. So when we're talking about the, the game of the year, uh, like contender, all of that stuff, like what do you think, Greg, are the things about this game that like, really really shine that put well, it to that level it's funny you know uh, when cat was talking about like this seeming like a dark horse and a similar thing to control right i think that's one of those things that works so much to its advantage and i think that's why it's turning so many heads is that it didn't have the hype understandably so of zelda right it didn't have the hype of starfield it didn't have this like oh it is it's this remedy audience that uh, you know i it's, i don't think of myself as a remedy fanboy or a, a long time but i've been with them since mac max Payne, right i've played every remedy game even alan wake honestly is the one that didn't work for me <laughs> everything yeah. else i've rolled I mean, credit want to break you or i, I love quantum brian yeah i loved it. i mean like not a yeah. five out of five but it was like i had a great time with that game right uh and so like for it to be kind of this like situation where there's this like not quiet group but i think control really was the thing of like oh shit this is really weird and cool and like this is it looks so good and, da, da, da. and then to get here and have this i think for me it's visuals i mean you're gonna talk about that i think it is performances where even the ones that are like awkward performances are usually awkward on purpose they're doing something with that i think and i think it's the unexpected nature of it right because when you peel it all back and you get into the gameplay it's survival horror you're walking around with a gun in one hand and a flashlight in another and a very forgiving dodge that I, I was cracking myself up in the, the final things of you, me, and Janet's conversation from PS I Love You of just me constantly, eh, 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 like, you know, monsters just swiping at me and I'm like, eh, 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 just got to get to the door. Just get, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like the gameplay is like, oh my God, it's so compelling, so crazy. It is like the presentation. It is the story. It is the way they really do. You know, we talk so much about Spider-Man 2 and the way they use the, well, how they use PS5 for Alan Wake, how it uses current gen technology of, you know, like literally flicking a light switch and changing realities mm -hmm. and the world changing around you. Like that's all so impressive. And, and for me, it really was the unexpected. It really was to blessings point as saga going through and getting these questions and answering them. And then as Alan being like, what the fuck is going to happen when I go through that door? I think this is the year of next level presentation. I think Baldur's Gate three is another great example of a game. That's just elevated by its performances mm -hmm. and its animation and its writing and maybe i was really taken in by just the trailers for alan wake too i'm like what an interesting mix of live action and cg one of the things that i really like about this game just right off the bat is the mind place and i think so many games would have just done it as a menu they were like we, we can't devote this many resources to modeling this out and having it a fully interactive space but alan wake 2 was like yeah screw it let's go 
Yeah. And the way they weave that into the story, then the way they make it, they explain it for what it is. And then the way in the end, there's a section where like, you know, we talked in PS, I love you, me and Janice in particular, like, it, yeah, the mind place is cool, but the board, it really isn't doing much. We're laying out things we already know. It's a great way to catch up. Da, 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 but it's not like you're rarely are you getting real information from it to go use in the game. They do something at the very end with it in terms of where I was like, oh, okay. You, you, okay. Like, and I won't say anything. It ties into the story. Yeah, I, I know. Love right? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, your, to your point as well, Greg, like, I feel like this game, in terms of the gameplay, for me, might as well be a walking sim, right? Sure. Like, it is, it's survival horror, right? It plays like you would imagine for like a Resident Evil 4 type game or like a Death Space or whatever. But it is so basic in a survival horror gameplay that if i was judging this game just by the gameplay i'd be like oh it's fine like it's cool like it's not it's not anything that's blowing my mind i'm not even having like a super quote-unquote fun time playing the game but it is about the story and it is about the narrative and it is about like in the things that i like about a walking sim right picking up all these different things and going all right how does this all come together yeah. like what are we building up to what is the next twist and yeah like i think to the mind place thing right like even playing it more over the weekend as I've been like building things out and just like listening to Saga recap everything, I'm like, oh man, this is so cool. Like I like everything that's happening here. And then on the flip side to uh, Alan's thing, right? Like the way they use Alan's uh, writer's room to create puzzles and create these interesting scenarios where the way it works is that like, you know, Alan is in the dark place, which is this effed up distorted version of New York. And essentially like, he can morph reality by going into his mind palace, which is the writer's room, and um, picking up new plot points and then like using a plot point to alter reality like, to like change the scene. And so you might have a plot point that is all oh, this cultists, these cultists came through and they did sacrifices. If you if you're in like a train station, right, you use that plot point. Boom. All of a sudden it is like the cultists were here and now all of a sudden you can you have different pathways you can go through or like different areas open up. Right. Or if it is oh man, the detective lost their wallet or whatever, right? I'm just making shit up. <laughs> oh, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like yeah. you know, that then changes what the scene is. And I'm like, it's very fascinated, fascinating how they chose to like use those bits in order to create like puzzles in a way that I've not seen in a video game before, For right? Sure. Like it feels like a, hey, let's just think, let's think about the way people navigate these areas in a way that makes me care about the areas more than I would even in, in a survival horror game, right? Like I look at Resident Evil 4, or like Last of Us or whatever, and... Oftentimes, I'm going through these places once or maybe twice as I'm walking through. And Alan Wake, there's an area, there's the subway area where I legit like was walking in circles because I would get a new plot point. I'd be yeah. like, what happens if I go back and use this plot point mm -hmm. in an earlier spot? And now all of a sudden, I am getting secrets. I'm getting these other tidbits of story that really fill out what's going on here. Yeah, I think, you know, what Janet said on PS I Love You has been ringing in my ears. and I'm going to use it later in another review here is frictionless, right? Where mm -hmm. like... The gameplay, sure, you could look past it or whatever, but, but it's it's the perfect conduit to get you into the world and story they're building and impress you with those kind of things and not have to impress you with combat. And it speaks back to what I was talking about when I was talking about Alan Wake Remastered, right? It's like, oh, I kind of had it wrong. Like, I didn't realize how plentiful ammo was and all this stuff. Like, I really am not worried at ever in Alan Wake of running out of resources. And I'm playing on normal, so if I went up to hard and I know they're doing Nightmare and yada, yada, yada. But it is just a fun thing of shooting. And I, I'm, there are plenty of times I'm out of bullets and then it's just the duck and weave and I just run around. I think this year has shown that you can have actually pretty straightforward gameplay foundations, Spider-Man 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2. But if you you can elevate that with just yeah. really spectacular presentation in the way that you integrate all of that together, and that can make otherwise fairly basic concepts work extremely well. You don't have to like overthink the actual interactions, yeah, right? Yeah. You just want to make sure that the people are having a great time in that individual universe. Yeah.
something I'm surprised about is how long this game seems to be. Because I remember when you were playing through it a couple of weeks ago, you were like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I forget what well, it was, or like something 12 hours in or something, and, and you're just like, and I have so much more to go. For a survival horror game, I think that's pretty interesting because those games are usually on the shorter side. And I'd say that the better ones tend to be on the shorter side because there is that moment you become a little too powerful and it, then it just goes off the rails. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just like a horror movie, right? The moment you know the bad guy, the moment you understand the the evil, it makes it a little less scary or a little different. Um, do you think that this game like overstays its welcome or does it kind of like really pay off because it is so narrative focused? I think it pays off because it's narrative focused. And I think, you know, it's important to say when I was showing you or saying that, I think I was saying I was 11 or 12 hours in. Uh, that was based on the save clock. My save clock at the end last night when I started trophy hunting was like, 16 hours 30 mm. minutes so it's one of those things that oh, okay what i love about it and i you know you, i definitely i play like i think i was talking to you right after i finished mainlining saga stuff and then finally jumping to alan alan stuff being that nightmare world being the what's real what's fake thing isn't afraid to give you shorter chapters it's not afraid to give you chapters that are predominantly if not all live action video that you're watching like they they play with a lot of different things in that nightmare world that makes it go a bit quicker at a pace there where I was like, oh, this makes sense because some of Sa Saga's chapters, I was like, damn, it was a long chapter, damn, it was a long chapter. Yeah. Where if I would have popped over to Alan Wake and had a palate cleanser. Dude, that and coffee roll chapter. Like, I was planning to go through this game doing two chapters a day. Yeah. Um, so I can knock it out and hopefully, I don't know, maybe like a week or so. Yeah. And I did a co the coffee roll chapter. And by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, in like two hours like what's going on <laughs> like why is this happening and then i did the next chapter and the next chapter was really short and so i was like okay cool like yeah they play around with the links but like i think when you do get to those longer chapters i think it pays off right like the coffee world one for example feel in the coffee world is also like in my preview that i did with um like the let's play i did with alan with sam lake um i was gonna call him alan wake um but yeah like that area is big it's explorable right and like that's that's one where they build it out in a way where they want you to like re-explore it and you're coming back to it multiple times and you have an understanding of what this theme park is um and i think it works like it also works just for like what the game is doing with changing the areas like it's the same thing where you play any survival horror and all right you go down the path you get the item that you're looking for right the crowbar like the um, um the screwdriver or whatever and then you come back the same path and guess what there's enemies right that's how every single survival horror game works in this one you do that you come back and it's something something morphed or something changed or something's something weird's happening so it's, it's no like, longer flooded it's no longer flooded right like there's something that's happening every time saga is like oh the floods i'm like oh well here comes 30 minutes of me exploring every nook and cranny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah that happened i was like i don't have the time i'm yeah, just gonna yeah, skip yeah. all this stuff but <laughs> I, I really like how they're playing around with your expectations greg i have a question yeah uh resident evil 4 remake came out earlier this year and yeah. a lot of people were lauding it as one of the best remakes ever and like real achievement and survival horror alan wake 2 versus resident evil 4 remake what's the comparison to you i still haven't started a remake what i know it came, it came when i was on another review so it's been burning a hole on my playstation it's still there i'm getting to it, it i want to have it for game of the year discussions and this very conversation i feel like it's gotten a little bit lost in the mix because there's so many great games wouldn't you year. say that goes back to expectations because i feel like yeah. that's why i've left it on the back burner i've played resident evil 4 multiple mm -hmm. times you know what i mean so it's like to go back to it even though it's going to be way prettier and different and i loved re2 right like I still feel like Resident Evil 4 has been out so much. I feel like that's been talked about so much in terms of just as an IP, let alone now as a remake. But I feel like, yeah, remake come out and they didn't fuck it up. Great. Like that's kind of the job, conversation dude. there, right? Well, I've had plenty of people uh, be like, look, even if you finished Resident Evil 4 multiple times, like our friend Brian Altano has said yeah. this, you should go back and play Resident Evil 4 remake because it's just that much better because yeah. developers understand the spirit of it. Yeah. But they also went in and improved it 
amazingly, dramatically. Yeah. I think it's just Alan Wake 2 and Resident Evil 4 have different goals, maybe. Sure. Like, yeah, when y'all yeah, yeah. are talking about different chapters and everything, I feel like uh, the cadence of writing a novel, reading a novel, right? Yeah. Whereas Resident Evil 4 is almost like a schlocky horror that you're watching at three in the morning, but that's not a bad thing. No, not it at all. Really no, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still on my to-do list. I'll get what, there. What's funny is that I, I talked about this during our review on PS Love You, that like, it's been fun playing Resident Evil 4 Remake at the top of the year and now playing Alan Wake 2 towards the end of the year and it feeling like a full circle moment of, oh man, Alan Wake 2 can, this game can happen because of Resident Evil 4 and what that set up back in the day, right? Like this game set the tone for that Alan Wake 2 many, many years later to come through and take some of these ideas and take ideas from other things like Twin Peaks and all this stuff and really forward it in a way that feels like a crazy evolution of what this genre was it's funny for me like i playing through resident evil 4 at the top of the year and like trying to compare to alan wake 2 for me alan wake 2 it's kind of easy for me to go with alan wake 2 and i think that that's more so for the idea of resident evil 4 remake if i played that without the context of resident evil 4 and i just played it as a video game i'd be like oh this is a great video game like this is a fantastic video game right but it's not one that i view as like one of the all-time goats when i put it in the context of what that game was when it came out in what 2004 or something like that right like i can totally see the, like how that comes through and how people go oh this is like one of the best things of all time right and he, but, so he played remake for the first time he didn't play wow. through yeah four, i didn't right? play i never played all the way through four originally yeah the og on gamecube was shocking one oh, yeah. of the best looking games of the generation it yeah. felt like a next-gen experience in the ps2 era on the gamecube on the gamecube <laughs> which is yeah. awesome um any final words on alan way 2 before we move on i think the only thing we haven't said in terms of lauding this game is how i think seamless it is to go from live action to game like you know what i mean where it is like i think we've definitely seen fmvs in video games before Just metal hellblade exactly quantum break and I, obviously, as the years have gone by, we've gotten better and better at it. But this is the one where it's like, damn. Like, you know what I mean? The jump over there where I, I'm excited to watch, I'm excited to play, and I don't feel a difference when I'm really jumping into it. When do we when do we put Sam Lake on like the level of like the greats when we think of like the game directors? Because I feel like he's sure. starting I feel like he's starting to cement that. I mean, I would say probably this will be the first step, if not the thing that gets him there. This is I, I don't mean to take away from what control did, but I feel like in some ways control made remedy relevant to a large portion of the audience and then this is kind of like their witcher 3 where now it's like yeah. the, if you, even if you're just a casual reader of ign you're there and you're like oh my god this thing yeah, I've heard praise. So wow yeah. Yeah. like in in a weird way i hope they don't have a cyberpunk launch <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want this to come off as like an insult especially like to sam lake right but like it feels it feels almost like what sam lake does with alan wake 2 is like a more successful version of what david cage tries to do with his mm -hmm. games where it's like hey, I'm going for something different. I'm going for art. I'm going to put myself in the game, right? I'm going to do all these different things. And like, I can see myself playing Detroit Become a Human and like seeing David Cage appear and being like, eye rolling, right? Being like, oh my God, this guy, right? Whereas Sam Lake does it and I'm like, yo, this is fucking cool though. But like, I mean, that's the whole- He's pulling it off. And again, right? Like to the, you know, the tapestry he's woven over there, right? And what this entire team has, obviously. But for him in particular, as game director on this, like, yeah, you could look at it as hubris, putting yourself in the game, right? But- like it speaks to so many of the themes of Alan Wake, the creator doing all these different things, let alone to then be, you know, Oh, it's Sam who was of course the face of Max Payne. Like there's so many things that are like, it's so meta yeah. and not a cringy weird. Ah, it's like, Oh, if, if you, cause how many people are going to play this and have no idea that that's him, right? Like it's the people who are listening to this podcast, right? Who are going to know that, watch that, then get the theme, understand when they're sitting on the couch of the late, late night thing. Oh my God, blah, blah. Like it's incredible what they've done.
Oh man, so exciting. We're gonna continue to talk about more exciting games after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? I can't even count the amount of nights I lose sleep just because I can't stop thinking and my brain just won't stop talking. It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk through them. Therapy gives you a great place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. And it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You can make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. Betterhelp.com slash kind of funny. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greggy, a little back-to-back -back action with yeah. you here. You're reviewing a game called Thirsty Suitors that looked super cool since the first time we saw this. That's right. A really Scott Pilgrim versus the world type uh, story, at least, for this game. Yeah. But Thirsty Suitors, ladies and gentlemen, is something that's been, yeah, since we, I think we first saw it, right? Uh, it's from Outer Loop Games, of course. They're the folks who brought you Falcon Age before. Um, and you are playing a game as Jala, right? You are coming home. Uh, you are a South Asian woman. You are coming home after a bad breakup to a, a place in a hometown that you kind of left in disgrace and just at the drop of a hat, right? And as you see the footage here, you go back and you, you know, you end up fighting your exes or whatever. Uh, we've known this whole thing going through. There's dad, of course, he's Sri Lankan, mom's Indian. Uh, there's all these awesome themes and representation and da, 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 da. There's skateboarding. It sounds like a fever dream to describe. If you don't know this game and you have, you must have seen it, ladies and gentlemen, at this point of, in many of the conferences and things, but like to talk about it being, it is of course a game where you skateboard, you cook, and then you do turn-based battles to fight your exes, right? Like, it kind of sounds ridiculous. It is gorgeous as you see it. It's got this definitive art style, right? It's got amazing performances in it. Uh, I really like the music. Like, I, it's one of those games that I really can't say enough nice things about. My clock on the PlayStation clock, which I'm never sure if it's actually accurate, says eight hours right now for me. Uh, I have beaten it. I have rolled credits. I think it's a four out of five. I think it's a great game. Um, and what it's pulling back to Janet's use of frictionless. I think uh, this is an interesting year for games for a million different reasons. But to play Thirsty Suitors and then go on to Alan Wake 2, right, and feel the same idea that these are two games that are 
wanting you to play them and how do you want to play them? This is probably an interesting place to start a review of Thirsty Suitors. But the idea is that basically, no matter what you don't like in this game, you can change it and turn it off. You can, you can figure out how to play it. They want you just to be able to go through and do that. And obviously that comes down to difficulty, right? But it's also like, cool, do you not like the skateboarding in the game? When you get into a story-based segment where you have to beat somebody or do a combo challenge, it can autoplay itself. Okay, cool. When you go into the cooking mini games, right? There's a lot of tapping and flicking sticks and, you know, holding. You don't want to do any of that. You can turn it from, you know, you can toggle it. You can turn it to tap. You can just turn it to auto do it. Like we'll just do it for you. And I think that sounds like, it, in some ways could be a detriment to it. Of course, all this is optional. You can do whatever you want with it. I loved it because to go back to being an obsessive remote player, like it was that I was playing this game and I'm having a great time. And I really, I do like the combat a lot. And I really love the cooking mini game. But when I went upstairs and I was watching something with Jen and just grinding on a few of the different battles, I did just turn it to it. Cause I, you know, maybe timing's off or I don't want to have my, I want to have my attention on the screen. So I'll let it, I let it do the things where it's like going to do the cooking game for myself. As I want to like, this is a nice choice. And it also doesn't get in the way of me complimenting what I love about the game because what I love about the game is that you can sit here and be like, it's Scott Pilgrim. Right. And as we remember from the Scott Pilgrim movie, when we did Edgar Wright and review, right? Like I don't vibe with Scott Pilgrim, especially the movie, the books I don't have as much a problem with, but in the movie, I just feel like he doesn't grow. I really feel like it's a lot of telling and not showing. Right. Jala's whole thing here is that the exes aren't evil. She kind of is shitty. And it's her realization to that and her changes and her conversations. And you're making choices in this and you're never going to make the choice of fuck you and da, da, da. It is really dealing with some shit here and working through the fact that Jala broke a whole bunch of people's hearts. She, you know, really screwed up her home life. She hasn't talked to her sister. I know I forget how many months or whatever. And now her sister's getting married. And that's a whole thing to tackle the disappointment of her parents. But what I love about this endearing and heartwarming story, right, is that I was having breakfast with Jen and she was like, so what happened last night? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I helped this ex who then had the realization that you, and I had this realization. And then she talked to me about like, you know, you don't get it. Like, you don't understand when you came out, your family was all right and celebrated. Mine won't look at me on the street, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this conversation, slight spoilers here, of her father being like, well, yeah, you know, like, I, I only good about you because of what I went through before that. And, and I, I stopped the conversation. I'm like, by the way, this is happening in the most cheery, poppy cooking mini game as I do. Like, like they take all this real serious conversations and like, I'm sure a thing you'd like to have with a lot of your family members. Right. And put it into this really heartwarming package that I really enjoyed playing through and having fun. And, you know, it's like, I think there's moments where it's like, you know, obviously outer loop is an indie game studio. Right. And so there are those things where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going into another battle. They're not random. There's little gifts you can run into and just, or bears eventually to choose and play or whatever. But then like the guy shows up and it's the same text as before. And we're having the same conversations and there's no, nothing in the thing that says skip text I've already read. Right. So it's like, click, click, click. Okay. Beat the guy up and a lot, but even combat for this turn-based system, eventually you start, I mean, the one that, you know, uh, caught headlines when it first debuted was her calling in her mom and her mom showing up like, you know, the size of Godzilla and smashing somebody you, as you beat the X's, you get them on your side. So you have these super moves and they're really, I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like what's the, what's the, um, you know, risk reward for using them. There is none. They're just there to really fuck shit up if you want and really keep the battles going faster. If you want, like if you want, and I was like, Oh, okay. That, again, frictionless. It's a nice thing to do. It's like a visual novel. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, an RPG about podcasts or a podcast about RPGs. The other one, Oh, is this the blood <laughs> an RPG about podcasts. Um, and so I think a lot about, turn-based RPGs and whatnot. And yeah, it's a visual novel with uh, turn-based mechanics kind of attached. Yeah. Some fun 
QTE style mini games and everything, and I really dig it. Um, I, uh, I, I am gay, but so I really enjoy playing a game that's unabashedly queer. Sure. And specifically the what you're talking about, the, 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 the pain. Some people have a lot more pain than others, and maybe the resentment of like, I had it so hard and you didn't have it very hard. Um, and grappling with that, I, I think that was a very honest conversation and a lot of emotions going back and forth. Also, this game reminds me of Persona 5 uh, sure. in the Persona. actual <laughs> presentation. <laughs> I mean, you saw it in the trailer, how the X's were going into full-on, uh, you know, um, demon mode and everything and powering up. And it's I mean, one of the first things you do is you take a test to learn your thirst sona. Right, it was like oh, Heartbreaker yeah. or The Star. I'm a Bohemian. star. Bohemian. <laughs> yeah. Bohemian. Uh, and it's doing a little Q&A that kind of reminds me of classic games like Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines. Like, what would you do in this particular instance? What would you do in that particular instance? And it maybe is a little bit of a Rorschach test of like learning or personality test of learning who you are as well. Um, I really enjoyed Ms. Marvel. Uh, yeah. last yeah. year yeah we did too uh which did a such a wonderful job of um depicting pakistani uh, family relationships and a lot of people i know who are south asian really 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 related to it yeah. and this gives me sort of similar vibes um and so i have been really enjoying it i'm like four or five hours into it i think i'm in like chapter four or sure. five at this point and the, the flow and the vibes work really well for me. Also, there's a bear, and you go skateboarding. Sick. It's a little Tony Hawk-ish. Not like It's not like on that level, but it's just something uh, nice to do to turn your brain off. I've been playing on Steam Deck. Nice. It runs pretty well on Steam Deck, yeah. I have to say. So, yeah, I have it like at 60 FPS. Oh, nice. And uh, just turn down the graphics a little bit, and you're doing fine. Okay. How's the presentation overall? Because, like, as you talk about it, like, this is a game that... I've done a preview at, at uh, Day of the Devs, I think, sure. a while ago. Um, and one of the things that struck me was, like, it seemed very chaotic from, like, a lot of the things going on on, on, uh, on screen at a time, right? And, like, I think this is me doing, like, this skateboarding minigame. Sure. Um, but as you describe it, right, and as, like, we've been running up to it, you know, it has, you guys mentioned Scott Pilgrim, you mentioned Persona f uh, 5, both things that I, I super love. Even as, like, you were describing it, it made me think of uh, Polite Society, a movie that Tim recommended to me uh, the other week. And like, it seems like a melding of all these things that I, I'm pretty sure all these, all these things that I enjoy that makes me pretty sure that I would enjoy this. But for me, I think presentation was the one thing I was, I was very curious mm. about. Does it hold up? Does it look good? Yeah, I think it looks great. Honestly, I think the presentation and the humor both really stand out. It's, it's a little over the top. All the characters are a doing little. backflips <laughs> all over Auntie the place. Auntie doing the everything. giant, like, you know what yeah. I mean? She runs a garage and she's the, like powerlifting dead dumbbells. The summons are a delight. I just really enjoy them every time, uh, especially when you use a taunt. So the way that the battle system works is you're trying to find taunts to, so like, I'm going to make them really mad or I'm going to shock them or I'm going to break their heart. And once you get them going, then you can use a special attack to do a ton of damage to them. And those special attacks have little QTEs that you're doing, but even though they can get repetitive, they don't feel that repetitive ultimately. Yeah, because, I still enjoy them. Yeah. yeah, because they just have a flow and a vibe and, they're just fun to look at in this game. So I think, yeah, the presentation absolutely holds up. See your presentation, everybody. Yeah, you're the presentation. Yeah. One of the things I want to jump off of that I really appreciated is, you know, that, like, obviously I loved Persona 4. I loved Persona 3. Persona 5, I still haven't, like, finished and gone all the way through, but I don't know, I promise. But 
It's what, a long one. That's that's probably my problem as always. But like one of my issues with the persona was always like, ah shit, what are you weak to? Like what what should I be doing to do the go and check the thing and do the stuff? What I really appreciate about using the taunts to get somebody's weakness right, and that because you know you do it and then they can't perform and then like they'll either hit themselves or hit you for like one damage rather than whatever it was going to be, was that you could listen to what the person was saying to you and like educatedly guess like, Oh, okay. Like you, I could impress you or you're flirting with me so I can inflict thirst on you and then distract you with my feminine wiles. Right. Like <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Like I thought that was cool, but to your point of presentation, like I'm with you that when I started the game and I came back, I think uh, you know after night one, I forget, maybe it was Baird or somebody was asking me how it was. And I was like, it's interesting. It feels very indie. And like what I was in my head referencing that talking about was, that it kind of feels stilted at places where it is like, cool, you're leaving the house, load screen, do the, th you know what I mean? Like mm. there is those like, but I think once you like by night two, when I understood, Oh, these three core mechanics, right? The cooking, the skating and the fighting are what makes up the game. So it's like, once I had that idea of like, that's what this game is. Okay. It never stood out to me again. That was the question I had is, is there a core gameplay to this or is it all kind of a different gameplay style for each chapter that you're doing? No, what I just described are, is what it is. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of, you're coming back to the skateboarding. You're coming back yes. to the turn-based stuff. Yeah. You know, skateboarding challenges that yeah. you can do, but it's not a hugely important thing. I no, think. they're all optional and I don't like them at all. And it sucks that the goddamn platinum's tied to them. Eka <laughs> at Outer Loop. <laughs> Driving me crazy. I finished I'm like, I'm gonna go I started doing the skateboard channel. I was like, oof, I don't like this. I'm out. Yeah. Why <laughs> didn't you like just because you don't like that type of thing? Or? Yeah, it's the it's the try, try, and try again thing. Yeah, like again, like it's oh, I love to, that. when I'm and that's why it might work for you. Uh and it's not even that big of a deal, right? But it, to Kat's point earlier of like it's not Tony Hawk, right? Of like it is this simplified skating and easy enough to do it. But then when it's like now I've got a combo of a million or whatever, I'm like, what do you want me to do exactly? Like I exhausted the thing. I was like, I don't know. I just I just didn't enjoy that part of it. The skating between like when you're in the open area, right? Like when you go downtown and you need to go to the shop at the end of the thing, you're skating to it. You skate that entire time and you can do little tricks and get little, you know, uh, refill your willpower or get, eat, eat a candy bar you pass for health or whatever. That's all fine. But when it got into like, now we want, there's like one where it's like, go, you're skating and like the rails are going around in the, they're like in the water. So it's like, you got to time it perfectly and going. The last one's all out. I was like, I just know. Stay my jam. Yeah. Any final thoughts on it? Either of you? This game is vibes, but I also I appreciate how, as I already said, unabashedly queer. Yeah, it is. Um, it feels like a very authentic story, and the creators have said that this is a story from the heart, and you can definitely see it. So in that case, I very much resonated and connected with it, and I'm really excited to see how it ends. Yeah, I think that's nails it right like you know one of my favorite things of playing games is getting to be in someone else's shoes whether it be a fictional whatever but definitely for a life experience that i don't know right and so like the jolly story of you know trying to make amends with their exes trying to make amends with their family you know uh the weight of being uh south asian and uh the you know her mother having more archaic traditions or whatever and how she's rebelled from that but how do they find middle ground which again sounds so serious and is but isn't when they do the game and the cooking mini game and she's judging me the entire time and there's an approval meter it's hilarious i love it. it it's really well done and i do think it's something special and again i i think the heart of it is what shines through and you are like okay cool i don't like the skating but that's not like a big deal that's not what it's about yeah 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Everybody check out Thirsty Suitors. Uh, moving on, I want to talk about Mario Wonder. Uh, we got we reviewed it a couple weeks back, but that was that weird situation where it was Nintendo, so we only got one code, and even then, their embargoes like, kind of limit a lot of the things that you can talk about because they're not trying to ruin anything, whatever, and they're really sensitive about stuff. It's now out, so we can say whatever we want. We've all been playing it to some extent. Plus, we've talked a little bit about this on Games Alien stuff, but where are you at now with Mario Wonder? Uh, I've completed the main campaign. I've not 100%ed things, right? Like, that's something I might go back and, and do, but I've rolled credits on Might it. go back, or, like, you think you're going to go back? It's just a time thing. I In my ideal scenario, I would love to go back and, yeah, see if I can 100% things. I'm also just not that big of a completionist when it comes to 100%ing things, but a Mario game, I would make that exception for. But also, one of the things that Mario requires of you to 100% things is, like, get the top of the flagpoles, which I know I missed like probably 25% of them as I was going through. <laughs> and then also the three coins. And like, I feel like I could see myself being on a, a, a guides page online. And that's kind of where I draw the line on these things. But like <laughs> in my ideal world, I would love to, because I think this game is a delight. Like, I can't believe how, well, I can't believe how much this game reminded me of all the things I loved about Mario and why I love Mario. Right. It's the idea of, Man, like, is there such a charm and such a level of creativity and, no pun intended, wonder uh, as I'm playing through this thing? I am very impressed by the fact that um, they have the wonder flowers on every single level of this thing, right? And, and as a reminder, right, that's a mechanic where you get the wonder flower and then the level changes and you have, like, a cool set piece moment. And that happens in every single level. And all of them are different for the most part. I, think, I guess there are some that, like, repeat certain elements, but they're all unique to that level. And I cannot believe how well they pulled that off. Like, the fact that... Like, it, I, I did not know what was going to happen level to level. Like, that's a feeling I've not had in a Mario game, and I guess in a 2D Mario game in a while. You know, I, I kind of understand what people are saying when they compare this even more to a 3D Mario than a 2D Mario, just in the sense of, hey, like, anything can happen. Like, you don't know what's around the corner. It isn't just you going through a, a roster of levels. Um, so that stuff I love. I love the soundtrack. I love the music. I love the presentation. The art style changes for me have worked. I... I, after after bleeding it, I also get where Tim, where Tim comes from with some, some of the critiques of it still feeling like a new Super Mario Brothers extension, right? Like, this doesn't feel necessarily like a, this is going to stand alone as its own thing, especially, like, if they make a Mario Wonder 2, right? Like, this would really feel like a, you know, part of, the, I guess, the new Super Mario Brothers franchise. But as a next step into what Mario can be and probably should be, I really like this direction. Uh, and, yeah, like, I've had an absolutely wonderful time with it. There. Have you played two cat? Well, this is where I go and plug our conversation about a Nintendo voice chat. Go awesome. check it out. Check it we out. Talked with a reviewer, Ryan McCaffrey, about Mario Wonder. Uh, continuing on the year of vibes tip, uh, <laughs> this is very much a vibes Mario. Where mm. um, I think the badges are really interesting, and each time I get a new one, I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Like they're the ones that are sort of simple it's like you just get a mushroom to start your level cool i like that or but there are other ones with the dolphin kick or being able to squat and then jump much higher which has actually been style that's the one that i've been using the most recently because it's really helpful to be able to get to higher areas and i agree that the the wonder flower stuff is the secret to this game because each one is joyful it reminds me of in mario odyssey when it's playing jump up superstar and you're doing the donkey kong stuff Mm -hmm. they had so much fun and it felt like such a celebration of mario that they decided to basically craft an entire game around that conceit and each one really is different and there are fireworks everywhere and stars flying down and never know what you're gonna get the fact that the second level i I, i'm not gonna say what it is but like 
the fact that they were able to pull that off for mm -hmm. what the second level is and like have such a strong start to it and go, hey, this is what you're in for for yeah. the rest of the game. Prepare for this yeah. a lot. <laughs> Incredible way to start it off. You gotta love when enemies suddenly start flying or they get humongous. Yeah. And you're just bouncing off them and everything. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Have you beat it yet? I'm on world four now. Awesome. And it okay. keeps getting progressively better, I think. It's like a game that starts off fairly simple and you go, well, this is just feels very straightforward. And then they just keep getting more and more ambitious with the actual mechanics. From a, a platforming standpoint, there's some pretty challenging levels, but there's been nothing that's really super stood out to me so far. It's mostly just the design. Like, I don't think the level design is that special, but I do think that the actual wonder flowers are really interesting. Greg, I want to talk to you about this because I know you haven't sure. played too much of it, but yeah, you and yeah. Ben have been playing, which I think is extremely exciting. Like, what what is your thoughts? What are his thoughts? Uh, so that's a great one. Let's get Ben on the phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I was home on launch day working from home because the nanny was out and you had said ahead of time after you reviewed it, you're like, yo, Ben would really like this. So, you know, when, when I got it all downloaded and we were getting ready to go meet mom for lunch, we took... 20 or 30 minutes and went down there. Yeah. And put it on the big screen today. And he just sat there enraptured by it. And I sent you the video. Right. But it is that thing of like, when we finally get, this is his first Mario game. I mean, he's two years old. Right. So like we got to the end there and I'm like, you know, do, do you like Mario? And he's like, Mario. And he started saying Mario. I'm like, can you say Wahoo? And he's like, Wahoo. And like, we're doing the thing. I was like, Oh my God, this oh is great. God. And so that's one of the, I think reasons I haven't advanced more is that we did that on launch day or whatever. And I haven't been back to it. Granted, Alan Wake had come in and this, you know, there's four of the reviews I've been on since then, including thirsty suitors. Right. But it is that I want to keep playing with him vibe of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been progressing a lot in it and I'm at the point now that I've hundred percented every single thing except the, for the final, final, final last level. Mm. And Oh my God. And, Traditional Mario fashion in, in at least recent times, it's a doozy. Yeah. This last one I spent literally an hour playing yesterday. I lost 50 lives. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. It's funny because, like, that that was going to be one of the things I brought up of, like, man, I wish the you, – you talk about the badges. I wish they pushed you to, like – use the badges more and more unique scenarios and you were talking about some of the levels later on i'm like oh that's exactly what i'm talking about like yeah. that's exactly where i need to get to because there's one badge i really like where you basically shoot out a vine like a spider-man web so and as soon as i got out, i was like this is fucking genius and then i couldn't really find much use for it in the levels that i was playing um like i found some use for it but like i wish there was a level that was just framed all around that where i can kind of go crazy with it that's the thing is i feel like there if i had one gripe and it's even though it's even a weird gripe because it's still it's a it's to the game's credit there are so many creative ideas in mario wonder that i wish we could like pick and pick and choose a few and really breathe. develop them yeah. and let them breathe because it is it does feel like moment to moment there's something wondrous and new and crazy that happens and then you're on to the next one right it feels like for like a year straight every day nintendo had game jams or so like all right <laughs> what, are your, what are your ideas all right let's make this level and let's make this level and let's make this let's make this level and it's super polished and it's super cool and it's super creative but i i think that then yeah, like, let some mechanics feel like they fall by the wayside when it is, no, you should use this more. Like, this should come back around more. Um, that's one of the things I wish I could see, and I, I don't know if that's making the game longer. I don't know if that's making, again, a Mario Wonder 2 that is, all right, now let's do that. But um, it makes me want to get to where you're at, Tim, with, like, the challenge stuff to, like, really try to push the difficulty of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm loving my time with this game. Like, this is, it's definitely in my top 10. Like, it's a contender. Contender. Rest uh, in peace, Andy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for sure. But uh, now that I've done the majority, like, literally, I got, like, I was about to be the level and I died right before the flagpole. So it's like, mm. I fucking, I hate this. But uh, I'll be back and I will do it. Um, but now that I've seen all that the game has to offer, I really stand by my mm. review uh, of a four out of five on this one where I think, and that's a four to five for Mario, for 2D Mario, for what we expect, because there's so much 
so much great here, so much that's so special, so much that I love. And I do think that for, again, like I said in my review, to a lot of people, this is going to be a five and it should be a five because it's mm. such a special experience. But for someone that's been there, done that every single time with Mario, I'm with you with a lot of what you're saying of just like, oh man, that idea was great. I would have loved to go a little further with that instead of just more different yeah. things. Like there's just so much that I don't think everything like totally hits. And we were talking about the level design and like I brought this up. It's uh, very bite-sized in some ways. Which is uh, which could be good. You know, Mario yeah. 3 is my, my favorite of the 2D Mario so games. I actually think Mario 3 is more expansive, at least so far, but uh, yeah. to me. But yeah. uh, one thing that stands out to me is the power-ups are actually not that complex. Uh, you have Bubble Mario and you yeah. have Elephant Mario and Fire Mario. Maybe there are more than I'm forgetting about. Not There's really. Drill, and that's about yeah. it. But the badges are much more about that. And I think it's interesting. Some of the badges could have been power-ups, honestly, like the dolphin kick. Just turn Mario into a dolphin, for heaven's sake. Yeah, yeah totally. Honestly. I mean, it's like Frog Suit in, in 3. Like that, Those are things where some of the decisions I don't feel like fully add up, but I also totally get it. And I think that like the content that's here is amazing. And I think that mm -hmm. like, that's that's just the the biggest uh, hesitation I have is that there was so much amazing here and it comes together so well. I just feel like there is a a a lot of of room for um like that. Let's take this from that eight to a ten that I just feel like it doesn't quite hit there as much as I wished that it it would. And um, you bringing up the jump up superstar thing, I, I brought that up uh, in in my review as well. And I I feel like. There aren't moments in this game that hit that high. They they emulate it and they do such a good job of like, like having so many more of them. But I just feel like there wasn't a single Wonderflower thing in this game that I'm like, holy mm. shit. Uh, you bring up the second level. I feel yeah. like that is definitely one of the highest uh, mm. uh, moments for me in terms of like the, the, the wonder and surprise of it all. Mm -hmm. But I've seen things like that done in, in Rayman games. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I've seen uh, some of the more interesting visual levels. I've seen that done in Donkey Kong. Uh, country returns or whatever so yeah. uh, again i'm i'm coming at this from somebody that like maybe cares a little too much about all this because <laughs> I, I got I, a problem i, do, I really really love this it's game a lot better than new super mario brothers sorry to new super mario brothers fans uh i was when i revealed wonder i was like well i hope it's better and i think the wonder flower conceit in the badges definitely make it a cut above and it's just more fun. It's yeah. more visually interesting. And part of it, that too, for me, I think, uh, to what I was talking about before with, like, developing ideas and all these things, right? Like, I think part of it is me coming at it as a, as an, as an adult playing a Mario game, right? As, a, as opposed to, like, being a kid and, like, you know, the fact that when, you, when I think about the TLC of this game and, like, the amount of work and the amount of, like, creative care put into it, the amount of enemies that I find where you're only here for this level, like, these this group of enemies was made sp specifically for this specific level and they're here and they're never here again right like that is a that's a lot of work to make so many of those moments happen same with the wonder seeds same with like you know a lot of the level design i agree in terms of like you know this the level design itself is like what you'd expect even out of like maybe a new super mario brothers but it is the wonder seeds and all the stuff that's that's elevating it the amount of stuff in here is absolutely insane but for me i come into it and i'm able to like kind of identify that it's more of a roller coaster ride than a I'm going to like, you know, put in like put like put in the effort to like get better or get good or have that like experience that grinds against what you're doing. Right. And like, you know, you know, have that I'm going to put an in effort into getting good at this kind of thing. You know, I think my ideal Mario game, my ideal Mario game might be Mario Maker <laughs> in, in some extent because I can go and find those intricately designed like tough levels to go through and have that level of progression. Um, but yeah, I feel like Mario Wonder is more of that. Hey, like this is a ride. This is about the experience and this is about giving you this roller coaster of things to then get you to the end and say you had a good time. Yeah, theme park ride is a theme good park, comparison, yeah. I think. 
Yeah. Two major um, pros I want to give the game now that I'm a lot deeper into it in terms of like the, the, the post-game stuff. I do think that 100% of this game is worth it and it's a lot of fun and like getting all the purple coins and stuff, that is where I think the level design sh starts to shine a little bit more is mm. the way that they place those and the way that they tr uh, teach you to think about how to find the secrets to lead to them um, or the levels that have a second uh, wonder seed. Like that stuff I think is really rewarding and, and very clever um and the multiplayer i just think is inspired like i love how they did it in this game like when you uh go online and you're playing like levels with live ghost player they're not oh. ghosts it's like they're transparent so that you can actually interrupt interact with them but there's was a, a couple times where i was playing through and as you boot up the level live people can join in with you and you're seeing them run behind you and stuff and there'll be people that are like so they've already beat the level they already know what they're doing and they're kind of like trying to help guide players to like uh find secrets and stuff and it's just so cool and it reminds me of journey but it's mario <laughs> and it's oh, just yeah. like such a, a cool thing that um i don't know if this is a feature that's going to be able to work in five ten years when people are playing this game because it just won't be there but it is something that i never thought i'd want in a mario game in a lot of ways it's a kind of antithetical to how i want to play these games but there's something that is so charming about it and that just really works and it, it makes it feel like this community moments that like i think is uh something that i never expected to get from a 2d mario game so shout out to them for that it's like a live version of the Miiverse in some ways. Honestly, it is. Like with the little like the notes and the the, the drawings people can make and like R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, exactly. R.I.P. Miiverse, everybody. Never forget. <laughs> um, closing out the show here, Starfield. Wow. Yeah, you've been playing a lot of Starfield. You're a big RPG person. Hmm. Uh, we haven't talked about Starfield for a while. It feels sure, like yeah. on this show. Uh, what do you think into the game? I have a complicated relationship with Starfield. I saw for, the tweets. For context, Starfield was my most anticipated game of 2023. It is such a cat game where I get to be in a spaceship and fly around and have my own crew. And as a Bethesda RPG, a, I really love Bethesda RPGs, actually. I loved Fallout 4. I love Skyrim. So this felt like perfection to me. Yeah. And it was hard to get into because it was missing one thing that I really, really, really love in a Bethesda RPG, which is the sense of walking out of the vault and or the castle and looking out, seeing the world spreading out in front of you and just like walking along, right? And who am I going to meet? Who am I going to discover? That kind of thing. And it feels like a very uh, expansive but also connected world, even if you're fast traveling. And because Starfield is necessarily so much fast travel initially it was not hitting and it was i was going i'm waiting to find the fun because the shooting is not good in this game and the quest lines are feel kind of underdeveloped and i don't know how i feel about all of this and finally once i built my damn ship <laughs> once i went and i played with spaceship legos and i came in i was like okay i get it now i found it also if you're not vibing with Starfield, A, go get mods. If you're on PC, go get mods. Uh, I would highly recommend the one that doesn't have the people zoom in with the conversation. Oh, man. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> I'm so tired of that mechanic. I would play it with Special K because the HDR is very lacking in the base version, and it looks 100% better uh, with that and the DLSS um, mod. 
And then, uh, God, what was another one? Oh, the inventory mod. That was another one. And also, also, the mod that makes the UI go 120 FPS instead of 30. Mm. So it's not jittering everywhere and driving you crazy. Once I had all of that... <laughs> Once I completely rebuilt the game. <laughs> <laughs> Once I redid the game, uh, I started getting into it. And then also, I waited a little too long to get into the Vanguard missions. Ah. Those are the ones that have had the most TLC. They're really good, actually. And they go quite deep, and it's actually two major quest lines, and they're quite uh, ambitious. There's one in particular that's basically alien, complete with the ticking uh, radar and everything. Very cool. I thought that was extremely well done. Sometimes this game gets too, com too uh, ambitious for its own good. And then I'm actually digging the main story. I yeah. Uh, I like Star Trek. I'm a Star Trek fan, and it's obvious that the writers of this game like Star Trek as well, <laughs> because they uh, spend a lot of time thinking about the nature of the universe and thinking about the nature of religion and yeah. being philosophical. There's a uh, memorial scene where everybody kind of gets up and is talking and being like very thoughtful about you know what happens after after we die. I I like the major choices that are being made at the end. I like some of the sci-fi twists as a sci-fi nerd. I'm like, okay, I'm digging this. It's clear that these people really like sci-fi. And also, I like my ship now. I, <laughs> I did stay up until four in the morning tinkering nice. with it. Awesome. So, so now... Ship? What is the ship's name? I didn't name the ship because they didn't know until recently that you could do that because oh, they hit it. you know it's buried it. in that weird menu? Yeah. That you gotta go yeah, weird. Yeah. So now that you have this moment that you're like, okay, I get it, and I'm yeah, in. Yeah, I got it. Are you all in, or you're like, okay, cool, I'm finding the fun, but like, it's still not living up it to It went what I hope. from disappointment of the year to at least it's in my top 10. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm digging it now. I'm good. I think that when modders really get their dig into it, so when they get the actual modding tools, I think they're going to create something really special because the pieces are there. I'm pretty interested in it but it feels like it needs to go to another level i'm also excited to see i think bethesda said there would be some expansions yeah. for this one i want them i want those expansions because i want more pieces for my ship i want more quests i want more mechanics i want more things to do in this universe because that local map one of the things that are this game is really missing is the exploration going to planets is boring it's not exciting to walk around on a planet and do things. Usually it's like, go kill a pirate base. Go invade the random research. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna... <laughs> At a certain point, I realized that you're just going to be a lot happier if you do the bespoke quests and don't try to make uh, reactive stuff happen. And one of the things that maybe Baldur's Gate 3 has over this game is how much more reactive it feels than this one. This For one sure. feels pretty clunky at times. But yeah, like it took a while. There's not a lot of games like this. I wish there were more spaceship games where I was exploring the galaxy in a AAA context. Todd Howard made the game he's always wanted to make. I respect that. And it's a game I've always wanted. And it's taken a while, but I finally like Starfield. Yay! I love that. That's a great way to end this episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast, everybody. Kat, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Hi, I have a podcast. It's called Acts of the Blood God. It's about role-playing games. It's independent. Also, I work over at IGN.com, where I'm the news director, and we're putting out news all the time. News, news, news. Um, and I'm on Nintendo Voice Chat, which is our dedicated Nintendo show. So go check me out on that every single Thursday. 
And Tim, aren't you I on that today? will be joining you oh this Thursday gosh. on that show. Can't so wait I'm to have you. very, very excited to talk more about, I imagine, Mario Wonder and other fun things going on in the world of Nintendo. Uh, but until then, remember, stay tuned here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, all the different Kind of Funny Games channels because we're going to be doing a whole bunch of fun IGN Kind of Funny crossovers this week on all the different shows, ending in Friday being a giant mega stream all day long. We're going to be hanging out in the studio with a ton of IGN people in the studio. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.